We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friend at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Houston, Roger, we copy and we're standing by for your TV. On July 20th, 1969, American astronauts Neil Armstrong and Edwin Buzz Aldrin landed on the moon, becoming the first humans to do so. That's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. But on July 20th, 2021, Command engine start. Two, one. Jeff Bezos, along with his brother Mark, 18-year-old Oliver Damon from the Netherlands, and 82-year-old aviation pioneer Wally Funk, took a successful trip into space and back. Jeff Bezos and three other passengers have made it to space and back in about 11 minutes in his Blue Origin rocket. They whooped it up after they crossed the Kármán line and went from light into sheer darkness and weightlessness. A very cool achievement. But we're miles away in technology and intention from our trip to the moon. Just like back then, it seemed a whole nation gathered to watch the breathless news coverage of Bezos' flight. So what's changed since our Apollo 11 venture 52 years ago? What benefit is there to a billionaire's space race and Bezos's ultimate stated goal of colonizing the cosmos? Like with a lot of other new technology, should we be worried about the impact and opening a door we're maybe not ready to open? I'm WCBS News Radio's Linda Lopez, and this is Connect the Dots from Odyssey. Why do we need space in the first place? Practical applications that have been around for years. Dr. G. Scott Hubbard is professor of aeronautics and astronautics at Stanford University and formerly the first ever Mars program director, the so-called Mars Czar, at NASA Ames Research Center. The uh, communications satellites we take for granted so that we can watch the Olympics you know, around the world have been going up there for, for decades. And looking down at the Earth allows us to chart climate change using our science satellites. It was actually probes studying the atmosphere of Venus in the early 70s that gave us the idea from seeing the, the chemistry in the atmosphere there that possibly the Earth's ozone layer was threatened by chlorofluorocarbons. And as we did some more research, that turned out to be true, and eventually we banned them. 
David T. Burbach is a professor of national security at the U.S. Naval War College. He's speaking in a personal capacity and not representing the Navy. But the initial impetus that, that made some scientists think, hey, this might be a problem on Earth, uh, actually came from what we learned about chemistry in the atmosphere of Venus. Um, or we are validating the climate models that we have on Venus and Mars to see hey, if, if our models can predict how atmospheres work on other planets, that's a good sign that we've got them right. Uh, so it's very helpful not just to study the Earth from space, which, which we do a lot of, um, but even getting to know the other planets is, is beyond just the, the thrill of discovery. Uh, it helps us understand how Earth works to compare it to other planets. It's not just Jeff Bezos. Nine days before the Blue Origin trip, Virgin Galactic founder Sir Richard Branson flew to the outer edge of space and back. Tesla and SpaceX founder Elon Musk is set to be next. So... We know space exploration is important, but what's the point of this billionaire space race? Bill Harwood is the consultant on space for CBS News. Um, the fact that they were on board is not really the point here. I mean, the point is they flew to show their personal confidence, their willingness to put their lives on the line to demonstrate that their spacecraft are safe and ready to start carrying passengers. Carrying passengers for commercial ventures also known as space tourism, when many argue the resources that Bezos and the others put into their flights would be better used to solve problems here on Earth. Criticism the day of their flights came fast online. One tweet said, I wonder how many people could have been housed, fed, and given health care with that money. While we've had people in space continually for the past 20 years through the International Space Station, through the government, NASA, and other space programs, the goal for space tourism is slightly different. Bezos, if I understand him correctly, uh, would like to do is to have more ordinary uh, people uh, experience what it's like to be in, in space um, there is a space habitat attached to the International Space Station that was put up there by a, a Las Vegas billionaire uh, a number of, of years ago. And, um, you know, he hopes to have hotels in space. <laughs> you know, uh, people go take their honeymoon in space. And while definitely considered a big deal among space enthusiasts and professionals, the Blue Origin launch was hardly the first commercial venture into space. In 2001, Dennis Tito became the first space tourist. Colin Elliott is a high school astronomy teacher who's worked as a planetarium presenter at science museums throughout San Francisco. Uh, he paid $20 million. He completed training. He completed centrifuge training. He underwent supersonic and zero-gravity flights. Um, and he went to the International Space Station and he spent a week on the ISS. Uh, before last week, seven tourists had made eight trips to the ISS, staying for about eight to ten days each time. That slowed down in 2011 when the space shuttle program ended. NASA ended up buying up most of the spare seats on Russian Soyuz capsules. Um, so there was not much room for space tourists to get in there. Uh, and go to space. But this year's ventures have upped the ante. The investment, the engineering, and the um, desire to do it all have come together now, finally. Uh, I know of people who thought about doing this decades ago, but uh, either the technology wasn't ready or they didn't have the funding. Uh, I mean, Branson and um, 
the exception of the X Prize, I think uh, Branson and Bezos for sure are self-funded. What struck me the most watching this spacecraft take off was how identical it was to the 15 test flights that preceded it. You know, they, they've launched this thing 15 times, but what made this one so unique was, of course, Jeff Bezos was on board. It was the first time it carried passengers. You always worry about the consequences more than you do when it's unpiloted and there's nobody on board. Uh, so that's what really made this one different, and that's what made me a little bit more nervous than usual, and uh, it made it so much more fun when it got back down again safely. Bezos planned from here to blast paying customers into space and return astronauts to the moon soon. One day, colonize the cosmos. But dreams of colonizing space seems like it would potentially come at a cost. Dr. Burbach says there is a lot between where we are today and the space colonies that Bezos has in mind. But the, the two concerns that I have with the kind of vision that Bezos has or, or similarly from Musk on Mars, um, one is, is that it risks becoming a very elitist future. I mean, who's actually going to be up on these space colonies or who's going to go to Mars? Because um, it's probably not all of us. And, it, you know, is, is this, you know, going to be kind of you know, the an even further extension of billionaires going on thrill rides where only a very small elite get to go to these places? It'll actually be probably pretty tough to live there. Um, and does it encourage people to sort of, you know, think more about creating a new colony somewhere else and not to focus on problems on Earth? If space is sort of the, you know, escape program or, you know, the, the uh, you know, the resort and, you know, or uh, refugee bunker for billionaires to get away from problems on Earth, um, you know, that makes it a lot less exciting. And, you know, I, I hope that's not what we're headed towards. And certainly Bezos or, or Musk or any, any of these advocates would say that's not what they're advocating. But again, as long as only a very few people are going to go, um, there's, it, you know, in, in a sense, it's go it is going to be elitist. I mean, if you're going to establish the first colony on Mars, I hope you send really smart, strong, capable people there. Um, but it's going to, in the very near term, most of us will still be on Earth dealing with Earth problems. So uh, I don't think that space has to be in conflict with either financial or intellectual resources to deal with problems on Earth. Um, but, you know, what I, I do see some people who seem to be more focused on, hey, how, you know, I can't wait for Elon Musk to have his starship working so I can go to the Mars colony and just sort of writing off oh, on Earth, politics are impossible and, you know, you, you societies, you can't fix them. Um, you know, I, I, I really hope that the space entrepreneurs push the idea that made in the in the very long term thousands of years it makes sense for humanity to spread throughout the solar system into the galaxy but in the lifetime of anyone you know watching these events happen now we're all going to be on earth except for a very few people in some very early colonies or, or space stations perhaps and even more concerning for him Humans seem to be a pretty conflict-prone species, um, and the vision from people like Bezos or Musk tend to imagine we build all these colonies in space and everything is peaceful and happy, uh, and I'm not so sure that's going to be so easy. Uh, these will be extremely fragile if, if uh, there's ever some sort of a war 
between uh, between colonies or different nations on Earth are trying to are building colonies or grabbing pieces of the moon or Mars um, and the kind of technology that you need to build giant space colonies would also enable you to throw things at Earth. You know, if you if the plan is to divert asteroids and, you know, you know, uh, essentially, you know, turn an asteroid into a giant steel mill and get uh, materials for your space station, you could also throw that asteroid at Earth and cause tremendous damage. Um, and people on Earth might not like that. And it, you're sort of, there, there's enough of a security risk inherent in the technology um, that it would be possible for, for there to be some real fear between countries and fear of the capabilities of these uh, space colonies. Carl Sagan decades ago said that he was very, he's very much in favor of space colonization in the long term, but he thought it probably shouldn't happen until we'd really achieved lasting peace and probably like a, a one world government here on Earth, um, because the danger of exporting our geopolitical rivalries and conflicts into space um, would really threaten the survival of any space colonies and possibly set up conflict between Earth. Uh, and new space uh, space societies. Um, I'm not sure I go uh, as far as Sagan, but I definitely think the the vision that if if you build these giant technological marvels, it'll all just work out somehow. I think it's worth more careful thought. And for Colin, the sake of humanity was in question. One of my biggest concerns is that the people leading this charge are people who have shown absolutely no regard for everyone else. They're doing this to make a profit. And I just don't really see this being the route that we want to take to space. We don't want to make the same mistakes in space that we made on Earth. And so even if this is exploration, do we want exploration to follow the same model that exploration followed on Earth? Elon Musk talks about people going to settle on Mars and buying a ticket and working off their debt when they get to Mars. That's indentured servitude. We tried that on Earth, and it was terrible. And beyond this, there are concerns it could wreak havoc on the environment. While Bezos says his rockets are greener than Branson's Unity, they still produce 11 times more carbon than planes. The more casual we are about spaceflight, the more we're going to start thinking about it the way we do about planes. And... Jeff Bezos said, you need to do these sorts of things. This is the barnstormer phase. You can't get a 787 without Kitty Hawk. Fair enough. But do we really want 787s to space? Airlines cause a lot of damage to the environment. People suffer ill effects from cosmic rays. That The, the radiation that you get on a plane is higher than you get on the Earth. You know, there are concerns about these things. And... If we open up a new field of going to space, all of those concerns are going to increase. Just, just having a new industry open up, maybe that's good for industry, but is it good for people? Is it good for the planet? Man, probably not. It's really tough to say. And criticism poured in, not just online, but from many in real life right here on Earth. I think... What was really confusing to me initially about these ridiculous billionaire space games is that nothing new is happening here scientifically. Like, what is everyone gushing about when science has been in space for decades? And then my aha moment was like, oh, 
It's because capitalism is in space now. And that is why it's getting like jammed in our faces at every possible angle. It's not about the science. I think like most people, my first initial reaction is, wow, look at that. That's amazing. Now only imagine if they paid their taxes and cared about the greater good. Concerns about funding for our current ambitious space travel plans are mirroring the outrage from marginalized communities that reacted to Apollo 11 lifting off for the moon in 1969 with the goal of beating the Soviet Union to the moon. About 500 protesters gathered outside the gates of Kennedy Space Center just a few days before the launch, led by civil rights leader Ralph Abernathy. They brought a wooden wagon and two mules to point out the stark difference between the spacecraft and the families who are at a loss for food and decent housing. Congress itself is not providing funds to deal with the problems of poverty which you see here. The big question that you know, people often ask is, was it worth $25 billion? Americans stood divided between those who believed the Apollo space program could energize the country and those who saw it as $25 billion that could have gone toward solving society's biggest problems. A rat done bit my sister Nell with Whitey on the moon. Her face and arms began to swell and Whitey's on the moon. I can't pay no doctor bills, but Whitey's on the moon. Activists like Gil Scott Heron made his critique known in the form of song and spoken word. And there was no shortage of criticism at this latest launch, especially when... At the Blue Origin post-launch briefing and press conference, Jeff Bezos said he wanted to give credit where he thought it was due. I also I want to thank uh, every Amazon employee and every Amazon customer, because you guys paid for all this. <laughs> so seriously, for every Amazon customer out there and every Amazon employee, thank you from the bottom of my heart very much. Uh, it's very appreciated. A statement that was tone deaf at best. Bill Gould is Emeritus Professor of Law at Stanford Law School and former chairman of the National Labor Relations Board. I think it was uh, extremely um, inappropriate at a minimum and arrogant as well, given the enormously difficult conditions from a health and safety perspective that so many of his employees work under. The uh, idea of our modern labor law protections and and our social contract in society is to protect people in a civilized manner. And uh, the idea is to do this here for our people on Earth. I think that frontiers in space are, are appropriate, but not on the backs of people who uh, work hard and uh, for uh, wages which are, uh, I think, by the perception of many, inadequate, and uh, health and safety conditions which are inadequate as well. Dr. Burbach and Dr. Hubbard both believe, however, that the U.S. does have the potential to both aid our Earth ailments and fund space exploration. And that there is also potential in making our planet more livable using technologies we've developed and continue to advance.
we may be able to to move some polluting industries to space. I'm, I'm I think that's going to be hard, but it might be possible. We can learn about the Earth, uh, the Earth's climate, Earth's resources. Um, we can, you know, get poor people all over the world connected uh, through uh, internet from space. So we can do a lot of good from space. Um, but I think it's it's what, what I hope is that we focus on relatively near-term practical ways to to benefit human society on earth and not sort of forget the difficulties that we face and and focus on the very long-term future of you know sort of the the star trek spread throughout the galaxy idea so what's next well the worlds of commercial spaceflight and nasa could collide nasa will uh, they're already looking at putting astronauts, professional astronauts, on board these spacecraft to carry out uh, microgravity research experiments and also to get training. Uh, you can imagine corporate researchers, military flyers. Uh, there's a whole population there that would want to take flights like this. Uh, so I don't, I don't think this is a matter of here's a way a billionaire can go into space. I think it's they're viewing it anyway as a market where they can make money. And the real question to me is. Is there enough of a market to keep them in business, both of them in business over the long haul? The SpaceX launch and Dragon capsule are going to send more people up to the International Space Station. Elon Musk's SpaceX company was just selected to provide NASA with a lunar lander. And, you know, that's currently on a fast track. They would like to do something within three or four years. It remains to be seen if that's possible. And in addition, there is all the incredible space science that's happening. We just landed Perseverance uh, on the surface of Mars. The Chinese have landed, so we've got successfully. So we might have the beginnings of a space race there. Who knows? Um, And the uh, uh, amazing James Webb Space Telescope that's going to replace the Hubble will be launched later this year, probably by mid-November. You know, I think that probably uh, going to the moon or ultimately going to Mars uh, may end up being more of a focus than the, uh, you know, floating around in a, in a habitat or, or in, uh, in orbit around the Earth. But, you know, they're, they're going to be trying a number of things, I'm sure. But amping up efforts in space tourism is going to take some time. Virgin Galactic started down this path, uh, geez, what, 17 years ago when they won the Ansari X Prize. Everybody thought that in a few years after that, you'd have these routine space tourist flights, but it's it's taken years to get the technology right. In addition to getting things technically sound, we need regulation. Currently, the FAA has the ability to regulate commercial spacecraft through its Office of Commercial Space Transportation. Did you even know there was one? However, to encourage innovation, a moratorium on regulating the industry now stands until 2023. Companies, the spaceflight providers themselves, certainly need to be looking ahead to kind of standardization and safety measures that they want to implement now that they are flying people and, in fact, flying non-employees and non-government customers. Laura Forsick is the founder of Astrolytical, an aerospace consulting firm. She was recently cited in the Politico article titled, Is Washington Ready for Space Tourism to Take Off? So we saw Blue Origin fly their very first paying customer as this was recorded yesterday. And so that 
in itself is the very beginnings of fully commercial space tourism. And in response to concerns about the damaging impact casual spaceflight could have on a planet dealing with climate change, Democrat Congressman Earl Blumenauer has proposed a new excise tax on commercial space travel. While Congressman Blumenauer says he is, quote, not opposed to this type of space innovation, things done purely for tourism or entertainment without a scientific purpose should, quote, in turn, benefit the public good. But in addition to drawbacks, there are some positives. How could space tourism for Blue Origin impact the tiny town of Van Horn, Texas, near where the rocket's sprawling spaceport is located? Make it be to where the public can come and see the launch, to where they'll come and stay in Van Horn and uh, stay in our hotels, eat in our restaurants, stay an extra day, go see the the things that we have around town. What we're hoping is that uh, after this big launch, they'll start doing launches more frequently. So my vision is that they build some type of viewing site out near the Blue Origin launch site where people will be able to go, whether they sell tickets or however they do it. And these commercial space ventures do bring the cosmos closer to growing minds, inspiring STEM dreams and opening doors for those who never think they'd get to see Earth from a rocket. There were no black kids standing around when Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin went to the moon. We weren't a part of that. We are today. Women weren't a part of that. They are today. So this is a huge day for the nation. If you're watching this with the optimism and joy of a child, and it inspires you to be into space and start wanting to read about Mae Jemison or uh, Yuri Gagarin or or any of the, the great pioneers of of space travel, then yeah, that's that's great. I don't know that we'll ever say Richard Branson or Jeff Bezos are pioneers of space travel, um, but maybe people will say that about Wally Funk. They already do, kind of, and maybe that conversation will change a little bit now. I hope so. I hope that that's what we all take from this. I hope that I'm wrong about all the rest. This week's episode of Connect the Dots was produced and edited by Mallory Samara and co-produced by me. Special thanks to our guest commentators and all our guests. Until next week, I'm WCBS News Radio's Linda Lopez. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 